You're listening to Doctrine and Duty, podcast of Brian Ray, Senior Pastor of Alexander Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia, where biblical theology meets everyday Christian life. Good day to you folks, and welcome back to another edition of Doctrine and Duty, podcast ministry of Alexander Baptist Church and myself, Brian Ray. Uh, this week, we are continuing along in our journey from the Abstract of Principles, coming to us uh, a couple days ago, hot off the press in 1858. And uh, today, uh, I was going to say this morning, but it just depends on when you're watching, or I'm sorry, when you're listening, when you're viewing this. Um, but uh, today, we are looking at section 14, which is the doctrine of the church, according to the Abstract of Principles. Now, the first mention uh, of the church, as far as I can tell, is from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16. So I'm going to read that. In verse 13, it says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter, you know that guy, Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Wow, he nailed it, right? Verse 17, And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So here we have this uh, this first mention of the church. We have it actually in the Gospels, and then, of course, we know that we see the word church uh, in the book of Acts and throughout uh, some of the letters of the New Testament as well. And then, uh, particularly, uh, we see a, a lot of mention of the church uh, in the book of Revelation over and over again. Um, so, first of all, the word church is ekklesia in the Greek. Um, klesia is a, a version of the word kaleo, which means to call, and then ek uh, is the word out. And so ekklesia means the called out or the called out ones. So that's that's a real simple definition of the church. The church is comprised of the called out ones, or the church is the called out ones. The church is not the building, although it's okay to refer, hey, that we're going to go down to the church today. Just as long as you understand that you're talking about the church building or the church campus. The church itself, that's you, that's me, that's the people of God, right? Um, so without any further ado, um, I'm going to read to you. Uh, what the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 says about uh, the church, and and then we'll look at uh, the abstract. So kind of as an introduction here, a New Testament church of the Lord Jesus Christ is an autonomous local congregation of baptized believers, associated by covenant in the faith and fellowship of the gospel, observing the two ordinances of Christ, governed by his laws, exercising the gifts, rights, and privileges invested in them by his word, and seeking to extend the gospel to the ends of the earth. Each congregation operates under the lordship of Christ through democratic processes. In such a congregation, each member is responsible and accountable to Christ as Lord. Its scriptural officers are pastors and deacons. Uh, deacons. While both men and women are gifted for service in the church, the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by scripture. The New Testament speaks also of the church as the body of Christ, which includes all of the redeemed of all the ages, uh, believers from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. So that's kind of a, a long uh, description there, but it's it's probably a really good up-to-date description of the church, right? Um, now let me read to you the abstract. It says, The Lord Jesus is the head of the church. 
which is composed of all his true disciples, and in him is invested supremely all power for its government. According to his commandment, Christians are to associate themselves into particular societies, or churches, and to each of these churches he hath given needful authority for administering that order, discipline, and worship which he hath appointed. The regular officers of a church are bishops or elders and deacons. Well, certainly, uh, you can tell a big difference between the two. Um, the two statements, the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, is very much up-to-date, current, uh, more current terminology. Um, it actually goes into defining the church a little more than the section on the abstract of principles, which basically says that the church is composed of. And so it doesn't really necessarily provide a, a definition of the church. But I love how it begins. It begins the section by talking about Jesus. Well, folks, let me tell you, anytime you talk about doctrine, starting off with Jesus, you can't go wrong. And so it says the Lord Jesus is the head of the church. I love what Paul wrote to the church at Colossians, at, at Colossae, or the Colossian church, those Colossian Christians, when, when he told them that basically that Christ is the one holding or having the preeminence. In other words, Christ is the first. He is the priority of the church. He is number one over his people. So the Lord Jesus is head of the church, which is composed of all his true disciples. Uh, we kind of look back uh, at the episode from last week about the perseverance of the saints, that if someone is uh, truly saved, then they are eternally secure. Uh, they are true disciples, true believers, and they will persevere to the end. Uh, there will be issues and problems and struggles and sins, but there will be a perseverance, the eternal security of the believer. So here, this tells us that the church is comprised of su such people, people who are persevering to the end because their lives have been changed by Jesus, which is composed of all his true disciples, and in him is invested supremely all power for its government. We understand that Jesus is the Lord of the church. Jesus is the shepherd of the church. Pastors are the under-shepherds of the church. We are to, as pastors, lead the church as we are led by the Lord Jesus. And so that is the way that our, our governing structure should be in the New Testament church, is Jesus, and then under him, under him is the pastor, and then under him are uh, the deacons and, and other servant leaders, and then you have the congregation or the members of the church. That's the way the Lord Jesus set it up. It says, according to his commandment, Christians are to associate themselves into particular societies or churches. So there is to be the local gathering together of the people of God, the assembling together. And the author of Hebrews would tell us in chapter 10, not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, which is the manner of some, in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. So we are called to gather together, and as you all know, um, as this is 2022, for two years, or a little over two years, uh, that's been a struggle. We never dreamed in the history of the church, especially in the modern era, that there would be a struggle with gathering together, but we did. Uh, with the COVID-19 outbreak and the pandemic and all of those things, there was a struggle to gather together, and that's sad because we have a mandate from the Word of God, from the Lord Himself. We have the actual spiritual need to gather together. You and I need to be together in worship, in praying, in giving, in serving, in going, and doing. We need to live our lives in conjunction with one another, not be separated or isolated. So that was a, a real challenge for the Church of God over the last couple of years. So we have associated ourselves in a particular societies or churches, and to each of these churches he hath given needful authority for administering that order, discipline, and worship which he hath appointed. The local church is responsible 
for administering the Word of God. The local church is responsible for adhering to the Word of God. The local church is responsible for the discipline of her members. The local church is responsible for corporate worship um, as directed by the Word of God. The local church is responsible for administering the two ordinances of the local church, and that being baptism and the Lord's Supper. The last statement says, the regular officers of a church are bishops or elders and deacons. It's interesting. Um, I love the different designations that we have in the New Testament for the office of pastor. Um, And so these regular officers that are called out in Scripture, where, you might say? Great question. 1 Timothy 3. Uh, we have the the setting apart or the setting aside of these offices or these officers, but also um, the qualifications of them in First Timothy chapter three uh, of both pastor and deacon. Um, and so the pastor is to be the under shepherd under Christ to lead the church. Uh, he is called a, a bishop or an elder, a shepherd, an overseer, and a pastor. So he's called all of those things uh, in the New Testament. So at least five designations uh, for a pastor of a church that we find in the New Testament. So it's it's encouraging to, to read all of these because they all provide somewhat of a of a different perspective as you think about uh, the actual wor- words. Now, uh, I love what uh, what Peter wrote in his first letter, 1 Peter 5. It says, So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So shepherd the flock of God, the pastor, the bishop, the elder, the shepherd, the overseer. Uh, the second office that is described is the office of deacon. Um, uh, the deacon is is the servant in the church. Uh, there used to be amongst Baptists the, the deacon board. The deacon board, yeah, we got to ask the deacon board. The deacon board does this. The deacon board runs the church. Uh, well, sorry, but not according to Jesus, not according to the Bible. Deacons are servants. They are to be leaders in serving the body of Christ. And so they are to, to, to represent a humble servant heart, mindset, attitude, and, and choices and, and action in the local church to where they're not a ruling body, they're not, they're not ruling over, they're not setting policy, they're not um, keeping the pastor in line, they're not running the show. Uh, they are deacons, they are servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 6, we we see in Acts 6 the inception, the, the beginnings of the deacon ministry, where in that text we find that there is this, um, that things are so busy that, that some very precious and dear believers are being neglected in the daily distribution of goods and and as such, the pastors are overwhelmed. They're not able to do what they're supposed to do because they're out uh, serving and waiting tables and taking care of these practical things. And so there's the setting apart of, of people to take care of that. And, and I think that's an early picture of what we find in deacons. And the whole point of that is so that those who are called to be pastors can do pastoral ministry. And that is the ministry of prayer and the ministry of the Word. 
And as a result, the church will be faithful, the church will grow, the church will be healthy when the pastor is doing what God's called him to do, and when the deacons are called to do what they, when the deacons are doing uh, what they are called to do. Uh, so we, there we have it: the, the doctrine of the church, uh, the called out ones, as they are led by pastors and served by deacons, uh, associating themselves in local bodies, local assemblies, local uh, campuses, uh, comprising themselves of the church. And all power is from the Lord Jesus Christ, and He is the ruler, He is the shepherd, He is the king of the church, and we are responsible for maintaining order, discipline, and worship so that lives can be changed, lives can be shepherded and shaped for the glory of God. Let's pray about this. Father in heaven, help us, the modern church era, help us to be the church, Lord. I pray for pastors to be the men that you have called them to be. And I pray, Lord God, for deacons to be the men that you have called them to be. Father, I pray that you would help us to be your faithful servants and let the church be the church. Oh, God, let the church be faithful unto you. God, we love you and we praise you. Please change our, our churches and our homes and our lives and our families for the glory of God. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey, listen, folks, love you. Uh, thanks for joining me uh, this Thursday or whenever you... Uh, tune into the podcast. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Love you and you take care. Goodbye. You've been listening to Doctrine and Duty, a podcast of Alexander Baptist Church located at 4316 Pamela Court, Chesapeake, Virginia. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. and find us online at abch.org.